something, something never comes, never leads to nothing, nothing satisfies, but I'm getting close, closer to the prize at the end of the rope. All night long, I dream of the day when it comes around and it's taken away, leaves me with the feeling that I feel the most. Feel it and welcome back to the Orlando Soccer Show, everyone. My name is Austin David here with Kyle Foley, Gavin Eubank. Yeah, we're starting off real quick. Uh, we haven't done a show in two weeks because, well, I mean, there hasn't really all been that much that, that's happened. We could have just been here and said, like, hey, preseason's happening, and then it wouldn't have been much of a show. So we, we waited a couple weeks. We let things simmer, kind of get some news built up so we can actually have a, a proper show to talk about, so we can talk about the preseason game, Apple TV+, Plus, how it looked, how it felt, all that nonsense, talk about the new kit that just dropped. And then basically uh, talk about the season, because this is our season preview show. So, shall we get into it, guys? First off, uh, how you doing? Doing pretty well, you know. it's uh, It's been a big weekend. We're we're right there. You know, soccer is so close. Um, big Everton win this week over Leeds. Daytona 500 this weekend. I know you guys have the Ant-Man movie that you get to watch. So, it's, uh, it's a pretty big weekend. And now it's, uh, let's cap it off with some soccer. Kyle? Yeah, you know, got to test out the Apple MLS thing yesterday, which we'll uh, we'll talk about a bit. But you know, I'm I'm in in the mood for some soccer of the major league variety. Yes, yes, it's uh, not for everyone, but for for the folks on here, we can't get enough. <laughs> uh, that's why you come here, right? That that mm-hmm. that is why you come and listen to us is is because of the the soccer of the MLS variety. Uh, plus NWSL and MLS Next Pro and NISL and college. I, I don't know. Uh, Orlando Soccer. That's that's why we're called the Orlando Soccer Shows because we talk Orlando Soccer. So uh, outside of all of that season preview stuff, we're going to talk about Orlando Soccer, which is Pride, uh, Crusaders, and uh, well, that's the only thing that's happening right now. So whenever stuff happens, we'll talk about the other stuff. But anyway, shall we get into it, guys? Uh, first off, last night being Saturday night, first preseason game that was actually available uh, to watch online in, and in the stadium for fans, it was 2-1 the final in favor of the New England Revolution, uh, but as we all know, preseason games don't matter, uh, and, and we must reiterate that every year, preseason games <laughs> do not matter, uh, f- so for those who are postulating about the results and the play of the players it's it's like preseason guys come on you also got to assume that everybody's going maybe 90 percent max so like everything that you see is not even like serious to them so well i mean this is their last dry run before their home opener so like there is a level of seriousness to it but also like it's so early in the season that you can't take anything away from that there's there's the good and the bad but like the result does not matter yeah and i mean and you think about this you know you as you've been kind of reporting like think about how many guys that are seen as integral to this team that haven't even been here for large chunks of the preseason so i mean all that's going to factor into what we're seeing both now and over the next few weeks as the season gets going right and 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 just talking a little bit about the players that haven't been there that that is kind of a a notable thing to talk about because 
so many of these guys have been overseas dealing with visa things so like facundo uh just got back a week or so ago he was back home getting his visa sorted um urchon just got back a day or two ago he was working on his visa stuff gaston gonzalez he went back home he's still there dealing with his visa stuff and then dagger dan torhalsen is back in iceland dealing with his visa stuff not only that, but Robin Janssen and Antonio Carlos have missed a big chunk of preseason. Robin is back, played last night. Antonio, still not. And just as a, a full clarification on Antonio, uh, as of yesterday being Monday, uh, he was at training, however, not fully training with the team. He was off to the side. Uh, Oscar Pereja actually told me that there was some tightness in his leg, his right leg to be specific, his kicking leg, and so they are listing him as questionable for this game on Saturday. And I, I would highly doubt that he plays, just based on the fact that he hasn't really trained fully for the last couple weeks. So I would expect Antonio Carlos to not be playing and Rodrigo Schlegel to be Robin Janssen's center back partner for game one on Saturday. When it comes to Facundo, Urchan and even Gaston Gonzalez, uh, when they when he returns, um, they will no longer take up international slots. Yeah, so one, that's a very good thing. Um, but two, uh, you know, sometimes when I see you tweet these things out, I'll see people in the uh, comments they're asking like, why is the club waiting until now to do all this stuff? Like during a crucial part of the season, and and I can only say like. The club does not want this to be going on right now. Mm -mm -mm. You know, visas, like, obviously, this is not something that I've dealt with, but just knowing kind of somewhat of the process, like, it's not easy. Like, especially when you deal with the United States, it probably could not be any harder to deal with this stuff just from our perspective, you know, just from this side of the of the world's perspective. Um, a lot of these guys, too, were not Orlando City players a long time ago. And so when you start this process of, like, Oh, this guy signed in the beginning of January. Well, this could be a six, seven, eight week process of getting visas, green cards, whatever they're trying to do. Um, so unfortunately, you know, governments don't care that Major League Soccer preseason is going on. They're going to do what they do. And, you know, it's unfortunate. And all you can hope is that these guys are able to quickly reintegrate themselves into the group. And we'll see how it goes from there. Yeah, it's definitely not a it's not a quick process. It's also one that like most countries or, or players from most countries will have to do on it on a yearly basis, yeah. uh, if not just somewhat close to a yearly basis. So even when it's happening with like current players and things like that, it's not necessarily that the club is sitting there going like, oh, crap, we forgot that they've got to renew. It's more that like when you have to renew, there's, there's usually, and again, it's different for every country, so I, I don't, I've not looked up every country's things, but it's usually like here's a very set, window of when you can do it because you have to be there in person you can't do these things uh you know virtually or from from across the the world so they've got to travel back home in which case they have to be able to do it in a time where they have the availability to actually do that and it has to be within a certain window of expiration and all sorts of things so usually when you see it happening this close it's also because they were probably signed this close to the starts of seasons uh or when they when they at least initially got things approved so just the way it works it is a definitely a frustrating process it would be nice if it was significantly easier but uh just it's u.s visas are a pain and depending on where you're from or where you're coming from it is made even more of a pain for 
arbitrary reasons, but, you know, I digress. Yeah, this stuff was not made to be easy, <laughs> intentionally. Yeah, that that it is definitely a, a challenging process. Um, and, and like you guys said, it's, it's not like the club wanted to do this. This is not out of their control, uh, especially for guys that have to renew visas. You know, they have to go back home. They have to go do these things. It's not like, you know, they could just do it online. So it is what it is. Uh, but at, at, at the very least, you know, the guys that took longer, like Ramiro Enrique and uh, Rafael Santos, they're, they're here and they played last night as well. So that that's a big part of uh, just getting them here in the first place. You know, you got a whole season to work them in. Uh, it just sucks that you miss, a, you miss out on preseason. But uh, thankfully, you have guys that can step in and play. That's the whole idea of bringing in a lot of depth is that you have guys that can come in and play and be uh, integral parts of this team. I guess while I'm talking about Urchon, uh, very quickly, I do want to bring up something. Um, last night, they, they wore, all wore uh, shirts that said, Pray for Turkey. Uh, of course, the, the tragedy in Turkey with the earthquake that happened. Uh, Urchon, if you, if you didn't know already, is uh, Turkish by descent. Although he is uh, Austrian, his family is from Turkey. And he did lose some family members in the uh, earthquake. So they were wearing shirts uh, in honor of him and his uh, family. All right. Um, I guess speaking of last night. Walk me through it, guys, because I did not watch the uh, the full game. Uh, I was uh, busy with the Crusaders, which we'll get to in a little bit. Uh, so, what did you think? So, I, I thought a couple things. Obviously, we were talking about it a little bit last night in our group chat, but I think the big thing when you're watching preseason games is it's it's hard to read into too much of what's happening on the field. Um, the big things that you look for are how are new signings getting integrated, right? So Brian, for example, last night, uh, Martino Heda looked fantastic, just looked really comfortable. I'm not talking necessarily about what he was achieving, the results on the field, but uh, although there were some really good moments, but more just does it feel like players are integrating well with the system and with the other players around them, which is really important. And I thought, you know, nobody really looked out of their depth yesterday no one looked like things weren't gelling at least at least any more so than a normal preseason game right you're obviously going to have things in a preseason game that aren't <laughs> it's preseason uh, even this close to the start of the season it still takes a little bit to get the ball rolling so i thought that was at least nice there was no glaring like oh my god is, is he going to be capable of doing this uh, so that was reassuring and then obviously you try to look and see if there's any you know drastic tactical changes or experiments things like that it, it didn't really seem like that i know there were some things in some of the earlier preseason games but also against like collegiate opponents i know people were talking about uh, angulo playing right back or right wing back in the game against was it was it the game against fau uh well it, in every preseason game he's been playing as a wing back oh, okay but he was on the right against was it was it the fau game i'm thinking of he was. It was the FAU as well as the um, Minnesota game. Okay, but those were those were. I mean, after watching last night, it seems like those were pretty clearly just providing cover due to lack of options. Last night, you saw him in a more familiar position, so I think it's starting to get a sense of okay, yeah, the experimentation is kind of done. We're getting back into the feel for what things are going to look like actually once the season begins, uh, and in which case things looked pretty solid. There were some moments I think. 
really both of the goals, but especially the second goal that Orlando allowed were pretty lazy. I think it was they were things that Galese could have easily stopped the second goal. Um, just didn't seem as into it. But again, preseason, so I don't I don't say that negatively. I say that in in a preseason game, you're maybe not going to make the same sort of moves, and especially as a goalkeeper, you're not going to make the same sort of dives you would make in a regular season game just to try to prevent risk of injury and things like that. So totally understand it. I, those things aren't a big concern. I don't think that all of a sudden in the offseason, Galese forgot how to be a goalkeeper. I think it was just taking things a little easier last night. So, yeah, then obviously, like, bummer to you don't like to lose ever even if it's preseason and i think even here in the crowd the way they were into the game very loud very very passionate i think things you don't always get from a preseason game so it was it was cool it it sets up you could feel the excitement for this season based off of the success of last season so having a game you know being broadcast on tv being able to watch it from home and hearing the crowd seeing the players seeing the system really start to gel and something that took I felt until way longer in the season last season than any of us would have liked to start to gel it seems like things are gelling a little earlier so that may and we'll talk more about some of the things that we're hoping to see from the team but it felt like some of the things that would be greatly helped by that might get helped a lot sooner so I thought it was all in all I thought it was a good I thought it was a good game I thought it was how you want to end your preseason obviously the result not super great but oh okay hold on hold on while, while we got a quick second um you talked about the group chat uh there's a Discord for the uh, Orlando Soccer Show and Orlando Soccer Journal. If you head over to the Orlando Soccer Show Twitter account, it's the pinned tweet. You can join the, the Discord of discussion and such. Uh, so, uh, anyways, carry on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 90 minutes of soccer, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of what Kyle was saying, I think for me, you know, you go into this and I'm just kind of... I'm not necessarily trying to take things away, but I want to answer some questions that I have that, you know, I, we haven't really been able to see, you know, we, we get the lineups for these games and then, you know, maybe you guys are there for 15 minutes and then that's it. You know, you really don't get a whole lot of what's going on. Um, you know, so I, I kind of had questions about like the lineup. We, like you said, we've seen them playing wing backs, five backs, you know, three backs, whatever you want to describe their formations, kind of different at times. And maybe it is Oscar experimenting with certain things that he might want to do. Um, we saw a pretty traditional uh, Orlando lineup in this one. You had your your two center backs, your Petresso and, and Holiday were out on the uh, your fullbacks. Um, uh, Mauricio Pereira kind of taking over that junior Urso role, playing a lot deeper as like an eight in the midfield. He was covering a lot of ground, uh, getting to see Martin Ojeda, you know, for a full game or not a full game, but for while he was out there, it was very good to see, you know, that guy is, he, he wasn't lighting it up, but he was playing very well and kind of showing a lot of what Oscar is hoping that this guy can be. He was covering so much ground. He was always looking for free and open space and, and was really kind of everywhere. Uh, so I'm very excited to see how he continues to progress. I think that this guy is obviously as a designated player, the expectations for him are pretty high, but you know, we're going to get to see that. Um, I think, uh, you know, Michael holiday was pretty good and I'm starting to feel a little bit more confident, not just about the fact that he's going to be the opening day right back, but that he is, you know what he's been here for what, three or four years now as a homegrown and not a lot of playing time. So there's certainly going to be a lot of questions, but getting to see him looking pretty comfortable, that, that was a positive. Um, but I mean, other than that, I really only watched the first half of the game. 
just because, you know, other things going on. But uh, for the most part, I was mostly just excited that I got to sit down and put Orlando City on my TV and watch it again. And it all felt like normal, like the season's back. That was my main takeaway. So, okay. Speaking of sitting and watching your on your TV, Apple TV. Uh, I want your thoughts. What What are your first impressions of the of the dry run of Apple TV? Oh, I, I I loved it. I was I was really impressed. Yeah, I think for starters, the picture quality. In in I you know obviously you and I both agreed on this, but I've seen a lot of other people on Reddit on Twitter kind of blown away by just the quality. Not you know, taking everything else out of it out, just the quality of what you were able to sit there and look at was far and away better than what ESPN, Fox, all these other broadcasters have been giving Major League Soccer. Um, all the games are going to be broadcast in 1080p. I think they said eventually, since you know this is a long-term deal, they want to get that up to 4K broadcast. I mean, that's just thinking about the broadcast are going to look like in five years, you know, gets me excited based on what we're seeing here tonight. Um, the graphics looked a little plain and simple, so I'm kind of interested to see if that's just... This was a test run. This is the first game. Here's what we got right now, and we're going to improve on that. Or if that's what they're going to stick with, obviously, Apple is a very minimalist kind of brand. Um, but you know, we'll see how that gets improved on. But like you know, like Kyle said, it's the presentation was really good. I'm excited by the pre and post game stuff, the halftime shows. You know, we're, it really feels like. Major League Soccer is finally getting the television um, presentation that it's deserved this whole time, you know, to really get people interested in watching these games. It's going to be very hard to get people on Apple TV, just, you know, just to get them on Apple TV, let alone having them buy the season pass. But if you can create a product that looks worth paying attention to, I think that's going to help real people in and Right now, it looks like they've created something that, you know, a casual would want to watch. So uh, something you mentioned talking about, you know, kind of a bit of a challenge to get people on. I will say, though, from the experience of going on last night to watch the game, super simple. I've got I have the actual Apple TV box. I just use it for, you know, I've had it for a couple of years. So I went on, clicked on the Apple TV little app thing. Went to the sports tab that's already there. One of the first things that pops up is the MLS hub. You go to that. You can actually select, go in and, and put in, you know, your favorite team. So it'll automatically, when I was sitting watching TV beforehand, I was watching, just watching a show on Netflix. And then it sent a little pop-up notification that said the Orlando City game was beginning. I clicked a button. It took me over to the game. Super, super simple. Obviously, yeah. being able to do it on your phone, just downloading the Apple TV app. If you have Apple, it's obviously significantly easier than anywhere else. I've, um, but even Austin having access to to it all and not being a, a an Apple user like some of the rest of us. Mr. I Green. have a Mac. Thank you very much. <laughs> From like 2012. Uh, so, I love 2018. That... So so, but it's it was a super simple process to like sign up and even just you know figuring out kind of how to actually do the sharing. Uh, and all that, which we may actually put something out just to kind of help show people how to do it. Um, just explain it a little bit for those those that are listening that that 
might have any questions on how to do that stuff, but it, it really was. I found the experience of going on and watching the game significantly sim- simpler than even just using like the ESPN app or website, which would constantly have loading issues or it would display something, but it wouldn't let you watch for whatever reason. Like this was extremely simple to get it all pulled up, even switching the audio feed over to the Spanish feed, which I did just to kind of test it out. And obviously to hear a little bit of Miguel Gallardo, but all of that super simple, super, super easy, really impressed with how that all worked. Really excited. Obviously Gavin mentioned the picture quality was like watching those games on ESPN not as much Fox, but watching those games on the ESPN app or the ESPN website felt like I was watching something from like 1982. So the fact that I'm no <laughs> longer watching sports that were filmed on a potato is excellent. Um, and just even just the hubs to go find older content and things like that, which ESPN was was either didn't have stuff or was just terrible at. It, it, it's huge. Yeah, and I think what's really one of my favorite things is I don't know if I did this on purpose or if it's because I had like following a game i think i added the game so if you go on and you just like you go to the game page that you click on and you could just hit add game and i think so what happened is on my lock screen a big score bug popped up and it was a live running score bug so it it's live counting this you know the time it's updating like pedro glesse just made a save Uh, you know this guy just took a shot on goal like that's really cool and if you're just a casual fan or you can't even watch the game one it makes it very obvious that the game is on and happening so that if you're maybe you forgot you can you know oh shit like the game's going on let me turn it on or you can't and it's like all right i can't watch this but i can watch it literally live as it's happening i can watch the feed going on so i thought that was really cool and also just kind of like you said you go on apple tv mls is there i think what's really exciting and we we you see a lot of the people that are involved in this have talked about it you know apple is committed i just it feels weird because apple is probably the biggest company in the world and we have major league soccer which is definitely not the biggest soccer league in the world and it feels like they've gone more in on this than I expected, than I would have expected. You know, they obviously they're spending a lot of money on this being their first endeavor into live sports. And there's been reports that maybe they're going to bid for the Premier League rights or, you know, they tried to get um, the NFL rights or the NFL streaming rights. You know, they might get the World Cup, whatever it might be. Um, it just kind of feels crazy that the one of the biggest companies, at the very least the biggest tech company in the world, is going all in on this product and making it feel legitimate you know like it's not just hey you can watch the games on apple it's here's we are apple and we are making this product as good as it can be for you like i think that that to me is just kind of the coolest part of all this yeah and then and even from there one of the other things that we talked about a bit too obviously the the production quality i felt was extremely high just just the 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 way it's all set up before you're even watching anything the one thing i will i will gripe on very quickly is just right now if you go like click on a game it's not at least on the phone app it's not giving you a time for the games it's just giving you the date i would assume or hope that that's going to be updated as it gets closer i think that may just be uh, because we're still about a week out um so i'm hoping that that will be updated but even just the the pregame and postgame stuff and and halftime and all the different like as soon as it hit halftime there was already there were already highlights playing like all these sorts of little things that just the production quality of was really high it's those are kind of things that you just expect 
from watching stuff, but more often than not when watching MLS games on TV, it had always been, all right, we're going to halftime, and you're going to hear nothing, and you're just going to see a live feed of the field, and that's it. So it was nice that they, they kind of had stuff ready to go. They had bumper videos to just have content going. I thought the, the crews, both the, the in-game crew and even the studio crew, I think there was a little bit of awkwardness just because they've not had, I mean, this, this was their first go of running everything as a team, so I think that stuff will come over time, but even with some of that awkwardness, I thought it was I thought it was still fine. I thought it was enjoyable. I thought the commentary was good. I, I think obviously a lot of those things will, will improve over time as well, but I didn't find myself sitting there going, this is a miserable watching experience, and I cannot tell you how many times in the past I felt that way watching MLS games. Mm-hmm. Did they show? Because um, you had turned it on before I did. Did they show Twelman and the broadcaster were at the stadium? I so I don't know because I was so I had it on. And I was watching the pregame stuff, and then I left right before kickoff to go get a snack, and then came back and like it had just kicked off. So I'm actually not sure. Right. Yeah. So there's there's talks about what they're going to be doing after this year, but for this year specifically, they will be sending people to games. So like. For example, I was talking to to Miguel Gallardo um, the other day about it, and he was like, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm flying to one place, doing the game, and then flying back that night. So, like, it's a a whole day trip, basically. Doesn't even have to stay in a hotel. Just goes to the game and then goes back home. That's somewhat nice. Yeah. Super simple. Um, And I'm sure, like, for a lot of broadcasters that, that, you know, don't want to live in, like, New York or, or wherever makes it easier to be able to kind of commit to this yeah I, i'm curious to see how it ends up playing out but at the very least this was a test run to this this past game just to kind of see how things run and then we'll get into the full thing next week and and how about that just while we're talking about apple how about that kind of club preview that they did one of the best easily sorry what did you what did you say I just said it was one of the best of oh, all okay. the clubs. Okay, good. I thought you were I thought you were saying something opposite. So glad we were on the same page here because <laughs> I did. I thought it was I thought it was excellent. I thought like and even just looking through, I'm looking through now at some of the other things they have on there as well, like that that are of a similar vein. Just the amount of, hey, come learn about Major League Soccer. Come learn about. Here's a little video on on the teams. Here's videos on some of the most historic players which I think is really, really cool. Like, there is so much on there that if you are a new, like, for new MLS fans, which I think is the goal for everybody, right? Whether you're a player, whether you work for a team, whether you work for the broadcasting companies, whether you're an outlet like us, or whether you're just a fan, I think the goal is for more people to get into MLS. And it's been really hard when the barrier to learn more about it and find more about it has been difficult. And and that's something that Apple's production quality and just the, the care of content on this like there's a lot on there just and very well done and very i know the the pre-game team specific stuff we had talked about before is is produced like by the specific teams and we talked a little bit on one of our previous episodes about how there that was kind of a an unfortunate situation for those teams to be in because a lot of their crews weren't necessarily equipped to do that but I've watched I've watched a handful. I've not watched all of them. Yeah, I'm going to try to watch all of them before the season starts. But, like, they've all that I've watched so far have been excellent. I think Orlando's has been the best. I might be a little biased yeah. there. But, like, it is very high quality. And so I'm curious to know, and, and we'll ask around and, and maybe try to, to get some more on that. But I'm curious to know, like, what kind of – was there support stuff from Apple on that? Or was this just all of the teams, like, completely on their own? What was it? But but whatever it was, man, it was – it is – 
man, it's just so you get the feeling watching that even the 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 broadcast, even Apple in this case, like cares about putting eyes on MLS and not just for the ninety minutes of a game. And I that to me is just such a big difference b- between this and being on ESPN, where ESPN didn't care. Is MLS was a was a drop in the bucket for ESPN. It, they did not care if it was successful or not. It did not matter to them. And for Apple, this is their first run at sports. So beyond just the fact that they're you know they're they've got this thing. Well, as oh, hold on, hold on. Is it their first run at sports? I thought they had uh, like. Well, they air the one baseball game a week. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Like as far as going all in on right, yeah, right, yeah, okay, do it. Right, or right, right. This is their this is their. Sorry, you are you are right. They did do one baseball game a week, but this is their first like having the rights to a league and it's right. clear that they want to do it well and i think we're all benefiting from that versus it just being a rounding error in their budget like it had been for for espn or even fox and then i i guess we can do one more note so uh the opening weekend all of the games uh, at least on the mls website they will be free so you can watch the opening game um i don't know i guess they're maybe doing it like select at a time because it'll be like 40 percent of the games will be free this season um at least for the first few orlando city games they will not be free after opening weekend so you will have to uh take the plunge on uh, season pass if you want to watch most orlando city games this year i will say if you are if you are on the fence just based off of what we saw from yesterday's game it seems like it is something that is going to be worth the money um, we'll see how it functions. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of games going at once, but it definitely seems a lot better than the previous situation of just like, <sighs> hey, maybe I'll be able to load the game and watch it. Maybe I won't. Very, very, very uh, impressed. Pro tip two: you didn't hear it from us. Uh, all I will say is uh, family sharing. I mean, they did hear it from us. I mentioned it earlier. <laughs> oh, did you? <laughs> <laughs> mentioned that it's a it's a pretty easy process to set up and figure out and and works seamlessly yeah so you know you don't uh you know a hundred bucks split between five people yeah not that we condone that no no we want we we want all of the we we definitely want apple and major league soccer's many billionaire owners to make as much money as they can we we just want you to know that you can share this with your family members whether they live with you, look like you, are actually related. You know, the real family was the friends we made along the way. So this is just our way of... of- now, so uh, here, here's here's the thing. So, like, for those season ticket members, right, they may not be, like, it, it, you know, they may have a group season ticket with friends, right? Those people aren't family, but they're, you know, like family, kind of like how, you know, the Fast and Furious family is. Oh, my God. Because... <laughs> just just got to throw that in there real quick. I hate this. <laughs> but the point of the matter is if you're on a group season ticket membership, you only get one MLS season pass. And so that is the way to do it is by the friends and family feature. So that is where you can get up to 6, I think, 6 members on one account to share. So again, neat feature. Because that was one of the questions I asked uh, the Apple TV folks a couple weeks ago when I got a preview. I said, what about the people that only have, you know, they, they have a single account split between like seven or eight people. Like what, what happens with that? So that's always a, a good feature to have. Right. Okay. Shall we get on to the nitty gritty of Orlando City now? Uh, not quite. I want to talk about the kit. 
right, right, right. Yeah. Oh. So the the kid the and kit the kit dropped last night. It is uh, the wall kit is what it is officially called. The new primary jersey uh, inspired by the thousands that packed the club's first of its kind safe standing supporter section. The the actual designing of the the kit, which for me, and I don't know about you guys, it kind of resembles the 2015 kit, but more updated, more sleek, more modern, and a little bit more intricate in the design. Um, so it kind of throws it back to like the early days of, of the MLS era for Orlando City while also honoring the new era of Orlando City with the gold trim, which shows off, you know, they've won something and they have the intricate design of the uh, bricks within the jersey. So it's like brick by brick. We built the wall. A lot, lot of different themes inside of it. But the point of the matter is, it looks good. I like that you can definitely tell it's a brick, but also it's like subtle enough that it's not like bricks. You know, like actual bricks on the jersey. Right. I think it's it's really clean, and but also like like you said, I, I love that it's like a supporter kit. It's something that they kind of... This is like your, you know, hey, Orlando City fans, this is for you. Like, this is your kit. I really like it. It's probably my favorite home one uh, so far. Kyle? Yeah, I, I think your comment about it kind of looking like the 2015 kit, just kind of a little more updated, a little more modern, a little sleeker, a little more yellow. I think it's a great. I wonder if you'd maybe seen anyone else make that commentary before. Probably, probably some just absolute genius out there. But, yeah, I, I would agree. Did you? It does feel like 2015 and 2016 had a little baby. Uh, Did I you make say, that comment? Because uh, Kyle, Kyle, I, I, 100%. I made that. I made that comment on. Uh, let's see if I go back in our chat. I made it on uh, Thursday at 8:44 p.m. Yeah, but I don't read things you say. So, ah, well, <laughs> there you go. I I publicly commented for the people to see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the people, ra- the people randomly can... showing up on my uh, timeline here as we record. Pete Davidson at the Daytona 500. That's the uh, crossover we all expected. He is everywhere at this point. Yeah. Just, just he's like the Spanish Inquisition. You just never, ex- you know, nobody expects uh-huh. him, but he's there. <laughs> I, I yeah, it. I mean, to be fair, it, it would definitely be on the bingo card of where Pete Davidson shows up if you were keeping track. Yeah, why not at this point? Anyway, okay, we've talked about the kit. We've talked about the game. Now we get into the nitty-gritty of Orlando City. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> predictions, predict, predictions and stuff, I suppose. I felt like we got pretty nitty-gritty about a lot of things. But I'm just repeating what Gavin said. <laughs> All right. Because it's it, like it, the, the way it flows, nitty-gritty Orlando City, it just... I don't know. I just I, I can't I ever hear that. I can't ever hear that phrase not in uh, Jack Black's voice from Nacho Libre, <laughs> which, which I will not be doing on the show because I will not be. <laughs> this is fair. You that don't, is a you don't need to give goal. you don't need to give a reason. It is perfectly understandable. Um. Yeah. So so the season the season starts. <laughs> the season starts next week, huh? Yeah. Okay. So we're gonna we're it. gonna we're gonna do exactly what we've done in the past, where we we talk about well, basically what we talk about on the uh, website, the Orlando Soccer Journal. Which, by the way, uh, if you haven't been over there lately, head over there and check out all the latest content, uh, where we actually did a, a story about the wall kit, and uh, you can see some more pictures of that that you may not have seen elsewhere. So, in years past, the last couple of years, we have done predictions, 
of from our staff and uh, well we're going to do it in audio form as well as as written form so uh, we're going to talk about if they get over or under 50 points uh, where they finish in the conference who's going to be their top goal scorer breakout player and your expectations for the season so first guys uh, I'm pretty sure we're in a consensus here but over under 50 points I think we're all in the uh, same camp as they are going to finish over 50 points yeah Yes, I think we all, like as a collective, all agree that, which is surprising. Both that we all agree, and that we we all agree. Well, this I, will listen. Happen. At this point, if if Orlando City doesn't finish above fifty points, it's almost like it's a bad season, right? They've set a precedent yeah. now where it's like, okay, well, we're expecting good things to happen. So let's see those good things happen now. Because, look, yeah. last year they finished at 48 points and at 7th overall. Uh, you could say, like, they should have finished better because of this, that, and the other. But, like, you know, they were in the playoff hunt. They barely made it. And then in 2021, they finished at 51 points. So, again, over 50 points. And then even going back to 2020, you know, if they had played a full season, they probably would have finished with more than 50 points because they only played 23 games in the regular season. So if you count, you know, how many one wins they, they won in MLS's back and you, you add that with the MLS season, then they did get technically over 50 points. So I think at this point, the bare minimum is 50 points uh, to get because the way that yeah. the the way that this the conference is now um you've got 15 teams so you know charlotte came in last year you had cincinnati come in a couple years ago nashville um did nashville move back to the eastern conference again yeah okay so just just for one year they were in the western conference for whatever reason yeah they're coming back because um because St. Louis is in the West this year. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, I was so when I was trying to put that together, I kind of like I wanted to go a little bit higher, but yeah, 50 points. I mean, the fourth place team, the top four teams in the East last year all had 53 or above. Nobody else had 50. You look at the Western Conference and it was the top five teams had 50 and above. So 50 points puts Orlando at about fourth or fifth at worst in the Eastern Conference this year. So, yeah, seems like an easy place. And I think we all agree that this team can get there. Yeah. So, okay, where do they finish in conference now? I think, uh, Gavin, you and you and Kyle were actually in a consensus here. Uh, you both said third. Yeah, I mean, it. I think this team is, is on paper, they're one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. Obviously, when you're looking around, you're going to expect that Philadelphia is going to be good. I don't think Montreal is going to be nearly as good as they were last year. They lost, um, you know, Nazi. They lost a lot of their key players. Um, New York City still looking around for places. You know, they seem like they're going to be primed for like a second half of the season run, maybe. I think Orlando might be in contention with them. I don't know. I, I'm looking at the Eastern Conference, and I don't see a lot of teams that are easily better than Orlando. Um, you know, Red Bulls are going to be probably pretty good again this year. We'll see where Cincinnati falls after you know a pretty good year last year. I think third place is pretty pretty easily attainable for them. Kyle, 
yeah, I don't, I don't have anything else to add on that because I, I agree. Like, I agree with where he's at. And I, I also think Orlando had the ability to get to that point and to get to that get to that position. I don't think there's a ton of competition to get there. I think it's really it's, – it's Orlando's season to – I'll say the word lose, but it's really – Orlando could easily, I would say, finish top three, barring an unexpected collapse. Fair enough. All right. I said fifth. And that might be pessimistic of me, but I, I, I've talked about this before. I This team looks great on paper, and I really wanted to say third. But the realistic piece of me was just like, well, I mean – could they finish as high as third? Because, like, we haven't seen them finish as high as third before. Like, yeah, they brought in a lot of players, but how are they going to mesh? And so, like, I'm just taking the cautious approach and saying they're going to finish fifth. I'd be very happy and pleasantly surprised if they finished above that. Uh, but my realistic approach is they'll finish probably around fifth, maybe fourth, three, six. But, like, I think that that's pretty much the, the bar at the very least to kind of cross. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, what's going to be interesting is uh, how the Champions League shakes out. I mean, they have the toughest matchup against Tigres in the first round. So, I mean, most people probably realistically don't think Orlando's going to make it past that. So, you're talking past March. They no longer have Champions League. Um, they're probably going to go for Open Cup again. So, if they are going for a back-to-back, that could affect easily how they do in the league early in the year. Um, League's Cup is obviously a break, so there's no excuses for that, so that should have no effect. It all kind of comes down to both health and whether or not... How many points do they get early in the year, I think, is kind of where the focus is, because that's ultimately going to determine where they are at the end of the year. You know, Do they drop points early because they're focusing on Champions League? Do they drop points because they're still trying to mesh together as a group? Um, but, I mean, like you said, it... it yeah, I think it also kind of like you got to prove to me that they've done it and I'm going out on a limb and I'm going to say you haven't proved to me that you are can ever be a top team in the East, but you have the talent to do it. Um, like I said, I I look at the East and I just think that this team is is compared to the rest really good. Um, and I feel like I'm kind of under under expecting them just because I don't want to be overly, you know, excited about them. Yeah. I, I, again, fair approach. It's my thought process. All right. Top goal scorer, guys. Uh, you both said uh, Facundo Torres. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I know that the easy bet would – a lot of people are thinking Kara. I, you know, after last season, I'd like to think so. Mm-hmm. I like to think his service is going to be a lot better. But – Duncan McGuire's had a good preseason. Maybe he dethrones him. So who knows? I don't know that Erkin uh, Carr is going to play all 34 games. I mean, so, he probably won't because of just, you know, rest. But, yeah. But I will just... say the caveat here for saying Facundo Torres is if, if he's he stays... here the whole season. Yeah, if he yeah. leaves as soon as the summer window opens in Europe, then that's a different story. But the assumption being that he's if he's here the whole season, then he'll be the top scorer. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good point, too. 
I hadn't really thought about that actually when I picked him in there. So maybe put a little asterisk there. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Because, I mean, you also... Yeah, I think it definitely might come down to Kara, Kara or Facundo. I mean, Facundo's probably also the penalty taker. So, I mean, that gives him more, probably a little bit more opportunity to, you know, get those non- get those penalty goals over anybody else. Yeah, we'll have to see. All right, and then breakout player. I think uh, you... Uh, actually, you differ I, here. I went with Michael Holiday. I think this is going to be you know, this is it. You know, he's a homegrown player. He's going to have the the opportunity to be the starting right back, and if he can solidify that, I don't think he's going to be you know a star player, or one of the best right backs in the league. But I think this is going to be his opportunity. When I think of breakout player, you know, we expect Fagundo to be good. We expect uh, Martin Ojeda to be good. We expect all of these guys to to be the stars so when i think of breakout i think of it as somebody who is not considered one of the more prominent players on the team becoming that and for me i think michael holiday has that opportunity all right and kyle you went with so i ended up going with duncan mcguire i think we, we talked a lot about like you were mentioning this guy's like ojeda guys that money was spent on or that have expectations i feel like it's not really those guys can't really be a breakout player necessarily. I think so for me looking through, I feel like you look at some of the issues with Orlando city last year. And one of the things we've, we've been wondering this year, just the thing that could be an issue is goal scoring. And so I think Duncan McGuire, if he, there's a good chance that he's given some opportunities to play. And if he's able to take advantage, he's looked decent in preseason again, it's preseason. So I don't really take anything from that. He's also a rookie, but I feel like there's a, there's a good shot that, if Kara's not quite contributing or not available, then there's a chance for, for Maguire to to come in and really break out there. And I also think it's it's a little bit easier to be a breakout player when you're in a position to score goals and, and have a, a very tangible, like, this is what they're doing. I think for, for Mikey Holiday, I think he'll get some playing time just because that's, that's the position where there's probably the biggest question mark over, over who's playing there. So I think there's he'll, he'll get some of the more playing time, but it's also a less sexy position so there's a little bit less of that you know how how much are you contributing versus how much are you just being a serviceable player so i that's where that was kind of where my debate was on that like how much of a breakout could he have even if he has a decent season or how much of it'll just be hayes being really serviceable so i'm going with going with mcguire orlando and, and rookie strikers name a better duo you're not wrong about that i'm gonna go gaston gonzalez Oh, you know, uh, a lot of people kind of forgot about him, obviously, because last year he tore his ACL and was not here. But he is basically a new player coming into the team. And while he may not start to begin the season, I think he's going to be a very productive player on the left. Uh, I think you saw kind of how it's going to set up in the attack last night with Ojeda as the 10, Facundo on the right. And then once healthy and ready to go and play full 90 minutes, Gaston will be on the left. And I think that, you know, there was a lot of expectations for him to be one of the the big pieces coming into last year before he tore his ACL. And now that he is coming back, he's healthy, he's rehabbed, I think there's going to be that same expectation, um, but maybe less so because of them bringing in Ojeda. So I think that he might go under the radar, but I think he'll become, hopefully, 
a, a very productive player in his own right and will will make a name for himself outside of the the big names that already are there there with the club and then just for uh, to get the other guys in so Brad also said Martin Ojeda uh, Brent said Michael Holiday as well yeah uh, Brent actually said that the team would finish in second and uh, be in the supporter shield race down the stretch yeah uh, Eastern Conference Finals as well. <laughs> I also said, uh, you know, at the very least, they should be competing for the Eastern Conference Finals. That should be the goal uh, for them also, because if they've if, never gotten to that. If they don't make it, we know who to blame. Uh, the Brent Petkus curse? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's fair. He He's not here to defend himself, so let's throw that on him. I mean, I he can be here to defend himself. <laughs> Nope. He, yeah. <laughs> yeah um, you said, uh, let's see. Uh, Brent. So for total expectations, Brent said Eastern Conference Finals. You said that the finals would be the goal of the team. Mm-hmm. Kyle said semis. I probably agree that the semis, I think my ultimate thing is I think Orlando's best chance to compete for a trophy this year is probably going to be Lee's Cup or Open Cup. I don't see them winning uh champions league i don't see them winning mls cup final and as good as i think this team is it's just that i we've never seen them get past the second round so i don't want to be the kind of like hype myself up and think like yeah this team's gonna win mls cup um i think that they're gonna take leagues cup seriously and i think they're gonna take open cup seriously because they want to defend that and those are probably going to be their two best chances to win a trophy this year I will say too, like I agree that making the Eastern Conference Finals and being in a sporting shield race, like those should be the goals and probably are the goals. Just a matter of what I think is realistic. And so I, I imagine it'll be somewhere close to that. So I, I mean, I predicted finishing third. Wasn't saying they'll be last, but I think it'll be it'll be interesting to see how close they are to achieving that goal of being in that push. Yeah. Yeah. Think that's fair um brad one of brad's expectations was that a plus 10 goal differential would be nice do we think pareja ball is here to stay or does this team have enough talent to uh overcome that one goal a game do i think In they have theory, enough talent to overcome it yes do i think that listen if a, a one nothing win has the same essentially the same impact as a three nothing win obviously yeah it comes down to goal differential Whatever, but I think if you're also worrying about goal differential deciding something, you're maybe not in the position you want to be in anyway. So, I don't know. I'm. Yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah, I'd love to see a lot more goals. I'm more concerned about just are you winning, son? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's basically Oscar Pereja's mantra. You know, you get the three points. Doesn't matter how you do it. Um, I mean, if you have a healthy Antonio Carlos and Robin Jansen, and obviously uh, Pedro Galese. I mean, I don't think, I don't think this team is, or the defensively, I think this team is, as you know, can stand up against anyone. It, it definitely is the goal scoring and I'm not going to expect two, three goal games early on in the year. But I mean, once this team hits its stride, I mean, like we, like we all agree, they have the talent and they've certainly spent the money to be a team that can score three goals a game almost every other week. So I think plus 10 at the very least is easily achievable. What were they last year? It was a uh, negative nine. 
Yeah. I think they can be uh, in, in the in the positive. Which feels weird because they definitely were not they just never really felt like a team that had that were like a team that was a negative goal differential team. <laughs> was I think I want to say it was a couple of blowouts that probably tilted that number, right? Mm, yes. Yes, there there were a couple of those. I wouldn't worry too much about that right now. Uh, yeah. the, the point of the matter is they should be better defensively and offensively. It, it's it's all depending on the the defense and, and how they've done. And and again, they signed Abdi Salim as a four center back. They've got Thomas Williams. Like they, they, they seem to have a little bit more depth center back wise at the very least. So I think that'll be a lot better yeah. uh, in terms of the as the season goes on. So, yeah. They okay. That uh, three nothing Red Bull loss, the four one Montreal loss, a three three nothing New England loss. I mean, yeah, it was. Other than that, almost every single game was one 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 nothing. Yeah, yeah, that's how it goes. All right. Yep. So uh, that's it for Orlando City. We've we've got a couple other things to get to before we get to our usual wrap up end of show stuff. So uh, while I postulate, you guys can look it up. Orlando Pride, uh, they actually played their first preseason game just this past uh, Saturday morning out at IMG Academy. They played Gotham, uh, where they beat them 2-0. A third-minute goal from Erica Timrak and a 41st-minute strike from Julie Doyle were the uh, big notables from that. So good on the Pride for getting their win. Um they also unfortunately lost Carrie Lawrence to a torn ACL, which um, really unfortunate for her because she was actually, you know, doing better last year, got some good playing time, but uh, unfortunately is going to miss her second season in three years in a row. So out of the three years that have happened recently, she has missed now two of them because of injury. So uh, really unfortunate for Carrie, especially being the the local player and uh hope for a speedy recovery for her uh preseason will continue for the pride uh thursday february 23rd they're going to be hosting the kansas city current at exploria stadium and that will be uh open to fans as well so uh kickoff is at 6 30 and you can head out there to go see some preseason pride action uh under officially head coach seb hines uh speaking of seb and his staff funny enough he did in fact hire a new staff so giles barnes not being a new name but is a officially new assistant coach so he is official now and um you know giles and seb have known each other since they were 13 years old and so having a guy like him who has the resume that he has on staff really really good and then they also brought in uh paul crichton who is a former, technically former, uh, Premier League goalkeeper who has a lot of experience just with his coaching and his playing. Uh, Played over 500 matches across basically every single league in England, including Norwich City, Aston Villa, West Brom, and Burnley. Uh, Also has been for the last 16 years coaching, uh, coached Miami FC, when they were in NPSL as well as the USL Championship. Uh, Also coached the Washington Spirit and was the goalkeeper coach when Aubrey Kingsbury, formerly Aubrey Bledsoe, 
which Pride fans may remember her. Uh, she was the goalkeeper of the year in 2021. Well, he was uh, her coach at the time, and he was also coach when they won the championship in 2021. So uh, a good player and a good uh, coach to have on the roster. And then now every single coach that is with the Pride is British. So that's fun. It's an invasion. invasion is it an Brits. invasion if they were already here? Well, I mean, when you think about it, the Brits have really, they've been here all along. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's like the meme. It's like the British are here. It's like they've been <laughs> here all along. <laughs> always always have been. Always have been. Oh, boy. All right. Last thing before the uh, end of show stuff. The Central Florida Crusaders. So uh, they played their second game of their uh, inaugural season on Saturday night and they won uh at least the men did in the uh, game against the tampa bay strikers the men hung a crooked number on that team uh at three quarters of the way through the game through 45 minutes uh, through 60 minutes it was uh eight nothing and it looked like they were going to pitch a shutout. But um, as things happened, Tampa Bay did end up scoring a couple goals. Um, it ended up finishing 14-3. to And uh, the Crusaders' main goal scorer, Mike Franza, he now leads the league in goals with eight. Uh, he had five in this game alone. Rafa Tobias, who has six goals on the season, had three. So he is back-to-back hat tricks in back-to-back games. Um, every single player that scored for the Crusaders was Brazilian, uh, as well. So just a, a fun little fact. Uh, in fact, I think eight out of the 12 players that played for the Crusaders on Saturday night were Brazilian. So it's a very, uh, very fun team to watch. You know, they, they've got very good technical ability and they're just very entertaining. So there you go. Um, on the women's side of things, that was a really interesting game. So it was almost the complete opposite. Three three quarters, women were getting shut out, and it wasn't looking very pretty. Uh, team was was struggling to kind of get things going and trying to figure things out, and then they started hitting a groove. Uh, in fact, in the third quarter, their goalkeeper uh, Michelle Mello, who actually just got a contract with Saprisa and is leaving the team as of Monday. Uh, she got a concussion, and they didn't have a backup goalkeeper. So former Pride player Bridget Callahan had to step in and be the backup goalkeeper. She did great. She actually had a, a couple saves. She she let up four goals, but uh, so did the goalkeeper. Third quarter, they started scoring goals and then actually cut it to within one. It was uh, seven to six at one point. And the Crusaders, with a couple minutes left, looked like they could have tied the game. But, um, again, not having a goalkeeper hurts. So they let up a set piece, and they scored the set piece. And uh, ended up finishing 8-6 to six in favor of Tampa Bay. Uh, Olivia Gonzalez scored four of the six goals for the Crusaders. Uh, Jordan Rowan scored her first, and Yvonne Hayes scored her third of the season. So, uh, Crusaders women 0-2, Crusaders men 2-0. And And these teams will be playing each other again next week on the 26th. 
of February, and that will be in Tampa. So there's your uh, updates on what's going on with the Crusaders over at UCF and Edition Financial Arena. Now it is time to our wrap-up show, which means our weird news, red cards, etc. So, gentlemen, what weird news do you have for me today? Oh, boy, do I have weird news for you. Of course you do. When do you not? Sidney Powell, famed for falsely claiming that the election of 2020 was stolen and being just generally batshit insane, a new court filing <laughs> cited a wild email that she sent to, to Fox News uh, that claims that or that states that her source was a woman who claimed to be a headless time traveling entity. <laughs> what? <laughs> here is here is a, a a section of of the source saying how she got her information. It's a direct quote from the source. Who am I? And how do I know all of this? I've had the strangest dreams since I was a little girl. I was internally decapitated, and yet I live. The wind tells me I'm a ghost, but I don't believe it. Just, what a what a what a concept. I'm not surprised someone like that exists. I and I'm also not surprised that they were used as a primary source to make I was gonna say I was more surprised claims. that they were being used as a primary source. Like I, I was, but also I'm not because like I should have expected the yeah. insane people to be insane. It's great. It's great. Uh, none of them were held accountable, so it's all gonna happen again next year. Oh, I hope. I hope we're all ready. <laughs> oh, what a world! Lovely. All right, uh, my weird news. <clears throat> Florida man, because of course, and this is a Florida man from Fort Myers, uh, was arrested after disrespectfully consuming a key lime pie. Listen, I'm not a key lime pie guy, but uh, you know, Floridians, they, they do be loving their key lime pies. It's true. So what did he do is the big question. <laughs> well, so I, I did read that story in thinking about making it mine. Um, I, so I guess he bought it. One man bought it for his mother's birthday, and it was in the fridge. And he told everyone, "Do not eat this pie." And one of his roommates ate the whole thing. And the guy got mad. Uh huh. And he was charged with uh, arrested and charged with battery. Yeah, I think I think they got into an altercation or something because he was not happy that his pie was eaten. Yeah. He dumped two large glasses of water all over the person. That was it. And then they ex- <laughs> then they exchanged words and got into an altercation. Yeah, there we go. That's the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Fighting over the way the way the story was uh, written was not very uh, uh, helpful in terms of the understanding of the uh, information. I cannot imagine. There's also like a mention that since 1957, pie. Publix has made the dessert a staple in the bakery section and claims that they have kept the recipe the same. Can you confirm, Gavin? The same? Mm, maybe the pie itself, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so what's your weird news, Gavin? Listen, um, marriage is complex. 
relationships are tough. We all go through our ups and downs, but you know, this is, this is a very inspiring story of a couple from Pennsylvania that are celebrating 57 years of marriage, despite multiple murder attempts. <laughs> um, so it turns out that this story there, this, this couple, um, their story is, is known, has been known in the past. Um, they actually made a movie on it. <laughs> Keanu Reeves starred in it, but they're coming out now, um, to kind of talk about it more, to to let people know that, like, you know, if we can do this, you can do this, too. Uh, back in 1983, so they, uh, Tony and Francis Toto, they had four kids in a pizza shop, but he strayed away from the marriage, and she found out. So, you know, little, uh, little adultery going on. What happened next, the story says, was something, like, out of a movie, which, as I said, it was. So, while not everything in the movie is accurate, Francis Toto, the wife hired a teenage hitman to help her kill her husband five times, including failed attempts to blow up his car and attack him with a baseball bat. One night, Francis put a bottle of sleeping pills in her husband's food, and then the hitman shot him twice, once in the back of the head, and then the bullet went right through his chest. But because this man was on the pills, his whole system was, like, slowed down. So he was in a daze the whole time and says he didn't feel anything, believing his wife when she said she told him that she had that he had the flu. Um, so let's see. After five days, police found out about the plot and arrested the wife and the teenage hitman. The husband spent 12 days in the hospital. The first thing he did, though, when he was discharged was bail out his wife. How sweet. Um, and then the both of them, they cry. And then we both cry and said, we love you that we said to each other from now on, let's talk, let's talk, let's communicate better. They didn't, um, so, they didn't, you know, they want to, yeah, instead try of trying to place? kill me, maybe talk to me first. Yeah. Um, something we should have done. Yeah. I'll say. So that was missing. Um, they, uh, they did get counseling. They did forgive each other. Um, they just said, it's okay. Don't do it again. Please don't try to kill me again. And then, uh. They uh, so Francis did did she did have to pay for what she did. She did spend four years in prison, but they did talk every day on the phone. Um, so yeah, they says uh, if we could help one or two families, it's worth it. I love you to death. Go see it wherever <laughs> uh, wherever you find it. <laughs> That's incredible. Yep. Uh, what a this what guy a concept. Just simping so hard. No matter how many times your wife tries to kill you. That you uh, you stay right there. She must have uh, some good some good cooking, fellas. Am I right? Something about love conquers all. I guess I don't know. She got that. I know there's kids in the car listening, so I'm not gonna say what what kind of good stuff she got. But she got she must have some good some good. Uh... I'm gonna stop you there, and we're gonna move on. We're gonna move on to our red cards and playing advantages, guys. <laughs> who's who's got who's got them? Oh boy, do I have them? Okay. So I will. I want to preface this by Mm -hmm. saying I really, really is maybe not the right word. I enjoyed Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumanium. Uh huh. I thought it was fine. I thought Mm -hmm. it was. I thought it was a a, a just average, enjoyable movie. There were, of course, things that I liked and things that I don't like. There's one specific character. That as soon as you watch it, Austin, today, I'm going to get a message from you when you come out and you're going to go, holy shit. <laughs> that was that was dumb. Um, but you'll see. Um, but, you know, I, I enjoyed it. What I don't enjoy and where my red card goes to is the Internet 
for their stupid Marvel discourse every time one of these movies or shows come out. If you don't like them, it's okay. You can just, and I know this is a shocker, just not watch and just ignore it. And in the same vein, for people that just love Marvel movies and there's nothing on earth that could exist that's greater, if somebody says, hey, I didn't necessarily like that, they're not telling you to jump off a bridge and kill yourself. They're just saying that they didn't enjoy a movie that you did. But anytime I see conversation about anything Marvel, cinematic, whatever, it is the most vitriolic, hostile, end-of-the-world type stuff, and it is so unbelievably exhausting. We've basically gotten to the point where if you say on the internet that you enjoyed Marvel, you're a piece of shit and you should die. And if you say you did not enjoy Marvel, you get the same. And it's just, they're movies, man. They're shows. They're comic book movies and shows. Read a comic book. They're stupid. That's the point. It doesn't have to be art. And we don't have to treat this like this is some like serious topic of conversation. Just watch the movies or don't watch the movies. And shut up. So my red card goes to, goes to them and really just the internet as a whole. Because it's not a Marvel specific issue. It's just the internet, man. Let people enjoy things. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. I mean, the next comparable thing to this would, would obviously be like Star Wars fans. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a most fans in general of pretty much anything. It's it's for sure more of an internet problem than anything. Just Marvel just happens to be like the most prominent because it happens so many times a year. But it's just like, man, like yeah. I just get so exhausted of like, because I just go and I turn my brain off and I want to be entertained because I read comics and I like to go, ooh, look, character I like. Ooh, look, cool thing. I'm not trying to go and be like, oh, my God, is this like a, you know, I need Steven Spielberg level because, he, well, and that even that's a bad example because Steven Spielberg has plenty of things that are just there to kind of entertain and they're maybe not super highbrow. So like, I don't know, man, people just, everyone's got to let you know what they don't like and everyone's going to make you feel bad for liking things and it sucks because I wish we could just like things or not like things and be like, cool. And then that's it. That would be very I... nice, but unfortunately that is not ever the case. <laughs> um, I don't have a red card this week. I do have a playing advantage. Um, Brad brought it up in the chat and uh, a week or so ago, and I checked it out. Uh, Conk on Earth. Look at it. It's, it's on Netflix. Delightfully hilarious. Um, it's like a mockumentary style uh, history series of human human evolution kind of the world's evolution um diane morgan she is so good her delivery is perfect she 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 never breaks character and the thing is i think what's funny is that the jokes in this show were not like new or groundbreaking it's just that the way that they're delivered and they come so thick and fast it just it's a very wonderful time i think there's only five episodes out so there's not a lot um but it's definitely well worth uh, the binge if you've got you know a weekend free and you're looking for something to do fair enough i've seen a lot of clips on tiktok on it so i i've it's been very uh very fun interesting Mm -hmm. watch i just haven't sat down to watch the full thing but yeah it does look good it i mean it is it was also written by charlie booker so if you're a fan of charlie booker uh black mirror other things he's uh you know it's coming from a pretty good uh television minds fair enough all right i have neither i'm I'm ready to go here man neither (laughs) loves nor hates anything i 
I envy you. A rare Austin fr- complaint-free weekend. Wow. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and on that I, note. Give another red card to Austin for not having a red card. How dare you? Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm still kind of recovering from yesterday. I spent, I think, 10 hours over at the uh, arena getting like stuff ready for the crusaders so i'm like just like ah nothing can bother me now are you saying you're saying nothing in life could be worse than having to spend a whole day with the crusaders wow that's <laughs> you guys ready to go let's yep. go let's go all right for kyle foley and gavin ubik my name's austin david thanks for tuning in to another edition of the orlando soccer show uh we'll be back next week after the game um uh, stay tuned for possible post-game uh show as well as our normal regular show so uh thanks for tuning in we'll see you next week bye bye